Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at East Coweta High School in Sharpsburg. We invite you to join us for our energetic and passionate worship services. Check us out at realchurchcoweta.com or search for us on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Man, the message today was tough. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been tough all week trying to prepare it. It's been tough all week trying to get my brain around it. It's been tough all week. Um, we're going to be in Joshua uh, chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. If you'll turn to Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through 9. Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through 9. You can do that on your cell phone. Uh, we are going to have some of the text up here. Not all the text, but I love it. All the, all the, all the graduates are taking their Bibles out <laughs> and they're going to look at Joshua chapter 1. You're going to see how awesome it is, guys. Joshua chapter 1. And I'll turn there as well. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua's found in the, in the Old Testament. Just go to Genesis and start turning until you see Joshua. Okay? It's about the only way I can tell you to do it. So, Joshua chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 1 through 9. This is what it says. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to uh, Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, He said, Moses, uh, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you uh, you will be on land I've given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you, uh, as long as you live. For I will be with you and, uh, as I was with Moses. I will not fail you, and I will not abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all instruction Moses, uh, all instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Turning, then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be uh, you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What in the world is going on here? Let me tell you what's going on here. First thing you know, there's been a funeral. All right? There's been a funeral here. Moses has died. And so, like most times around funerals, it's a very sad time. It's a very sad time for the people of Israel. A very sad time. So here's the situation in the setting. They just come out of a 40-day time of mourning for Moses. They've mourned him for 40 days. Now, their location is right on the banks of the river. So you've got this massive people of God nation, and they're all huddled around the river. But that's not all. The season at which they are huddled is the time when the river 
traditionally overflows its banks. So they're there mourning Moses. The river is going to overflow its banks. They're depressed, some of them. They're sad. And God shows up and begins to talk to Joshua. And he says this, he says, I want you to prepare and to know that I'm going to be with you. And he says words over and over. He says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. In just a few short days, God would give him the instructions that he would have for him and the people. But that's not even the story. It goes back further than that. The story goes back further than that. See, the story actually, it actually doesn't start there. In order to see the story, you have to go to Numbers. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. You see, God had already told them that the, the, where they're going to step is going to be their land. It's going to be for them. But it happened way back when. As a matter of fact, it happened a generation ago. A generation ago, 40 or 50 years ago, before this setting, God told them, wherever you go, I'm gonna, he told them the same thing he just told, he just told Joshua. I'm going to be there. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to guide you. Numbers chapter 14 says this. They sent out 12 spies to go throughout the land. The 12 spies go throughout the land, and they come back to report. And the setting is this. There are 10 spies who are scared to death. And there are two that are believing what God has to say. And this is where it picks up in Numbers chapter 14. Starting in verse 6, it says, Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, recognize that name, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephonah, tore their clothes. They said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. And then it says this, but the whole community began to talk about stoning. Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb would be the only one of the 12 spies that would enter into the promised land. They would be it. Joshua would lead the charge. Why is that? Because 40 or 50 years earlier, they were saying, we need to be strong and courageous. We can do this. God actually waited for the generation that would not be strong and courageous to die off before he would allow them to go into the promised land. And Moses was the final one of those people. So there they sat on the banks, depressed from having a funeral, scared probably from the water that's rising. And God shows up on the scene and tells Joshua, be strong and be courageous. The text I'm going to talk about today is called More Peace and Less Fear. I am convinced, I am convinced that many of us are living a life that's founded on fear. Many of us live a life that's founded 
on fear. I'm not real sure why. Maybe some of us, maybe some of us had things happen to us when we were younger. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe, maybe some of us were told you can only go this far. All right? You were told maybe you can only go this far. Maybe someone did something to you when you were younger that made you fearful. I have a friend of mine, sad story. I have a friend of mine who, whenever she was 22 years old, a distant uncle of hers made a pass at her at a family gathering. And it traumatized her. So much so that she decided that she would no longer make herself be attractive to anyone else. And so she began to eat and eat and eat and eat. And to this day, she still struggles with her weight and with that self-image that she had. And that was 30 years ago. 30 years ago. And she now admits she's been living a life of fear. She's been living a life of fear. A lot of us fear this. A lot of us fear what will happen. Well, what's going to happen? Here's the thing. I want you guys to know. The parents that were just crying and going to the bathroom in the back because their children were here graduating, some of you parents are fearful of what's going to happen to these kids. You're fearful. And you live with that fear. It's a constant nagging fear that you live with. Some of you let that thing overwhelm you. Some of you do the what if all the time. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if I do this and don't do this? What if I, you know, for a long time I lived that way about my, 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 uh, my house. What if I can't make that mortgage payment? What if I lose my job? What if things don't go well? What if the bank forecloses? What if, what if, what if? And it went on and on and on until God showed up one day and said, hey, let me tell you something. I'm your provision and I'm your strength. I've got you. Stop the what ifs. But a lot of us were founded on that. Maybe your parents were the same way. Maybe your parents, you know, one of my favorite movies, and I hate to admit this because it's a cartoon, but one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite movies is Finding Nemo. You guys know Finding Nemo? Just keep swimming, swimming. You know that movie, Finding Nemo? One of my favorite movies is Finding Nemo, and there's a scene, there's a scene in Finding Nemo where his dad is yelling at him going, Nemo, you get back here. And he keeps swimming toward the boat. You get back here. He keeps swimming toward the boat. You get back here. And there's a little scene where he's got his little fin. He looked at his dad. He said, don't you touch that boat. Don't you touch it. And he goes, boop. And everybody goes, he touched the boat. That scene. His father, because of something that had happened when they were young, because of uh, uh, something that was traumatic, all he did constantly was worry about his kid. All he did, let, let let me let you guys know something. God gave you these kids. I want you to hear that. God gave you these children. He gave you these children, and he trusts you with these children. And he's got these children. The fact that you're here today tells me that you trust God enough with these children. You can trust him. 
You can trust him with these children. But a lot of us live, and the foundation that we live on is fear. And we never, we never fully walk in to that quote-unquote promised land that God has for us. We never fully walk in to that next step. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. It's amazing. Do you know a lot of times when, when people are my age, and I'm trying to get Wendy to go with this, but she says no, uh, have a midlife crisis, all right? You know, I don't want to leave her. I just want a car. You know what I'm saying? I just want something like, you know, I want like something whatever. And she always says, your Jeep is your midlife crisis. I said, I got that when I was in my 30s. She goes, it's still your midlife crisis. That's the most midlife we can afford at this point, sir. But a lot of people, you know what they do is, is they start looking toward the end of life when they're in their 40s and 50s. And they're like going, oh my gosh, this is getting real. And they start doing things that they would have never done in the past. Why is that? Because they were told their whole life that they should not do this or should not do that. That's what they were told. And so in this midlife, they go out and get a car and they start driving around and some old guys with they got gray hair, they darken their hair. That's so dumb. They should just shave it and be cool like me, but they don't do that. They don't do that. Um, uh, Wendy asked me that. She goes, hey, how do you think my hair looks? And I said, Wendy, I'm bald, man. Hair's not important to me. It's just not. It's just not. You can wear it any way you want. It don't matter to me at all. But listen, a lot of people, when they start seeing the end of their life, they start having these regrets and they start having these things. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. If you trust in God, if you trust in God and you put your faith in God, you don't have to live the way that even your mom or dad told you that you needed to live and limited you. You know that? I had someone send me something today. It was really cool. It was a, um, it was a, it was a thing about Thomas Edison. I don't know if you guys know this story or not, but Thomas Edison, when he was in school, uh, he, got, he, got, uh, he got a note sent home from school. And so he was in an envelope. You know, they used to pin it to the kid. And so they pinned it to the kid. And Thomas Edison said, Mom, 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 I need you to read this note. I can't open it. You know, they couldn't open it. It was pinned. And the mom read it. And she said, she said, he said what does it say? What does it say? What does it say? He says, it, it, it says, you know, your son is brilliant. And he, we don't have teachers that are smart enough to teach your son. And so you'll need to teach him yourself. And that's exactly what she did until she passed away. And when she passed away, Edison was going through her things and he found the note. And what the note really said was your son is not smart at all and he'll never amount to nothing. But Edison's mother knew better. And in your life, God knows better. He knows better. He knows better, you guys. You know how I know he knows better? Because he has a plan for you, and it is not generic. I want you to hear that. Everyone always says, well, God has a plan for my life. Listen, I want you to hear this. He has a plan for your life, and it is specific. It is not generic. It is a specific plan for your life. You know, I actually kind of screwed this one up. I screwed this one up. I actually lost 15 years of ministry out of fear. It wasn't until I was 34 that I decided to go into ministry. Why? Because of fear. It was because of fear. It was because people kept telling me that I couldn't do this. People kept telling me that I could never do this. People, here, this is the funny one. People kept saying, you can't, you can't provide for your family if you do this. You're not skilled enough to do this. You're not 
And they kept saying on and on and on and on. And I heard that over and over again. And it wasn't until I was 34 when I felt the freedom to follow God instead of following the voices. To follow God instead of following what everybody said. You know, I've come to know something, and this is, I want you to know this too. Most people who try to tell you what you can and cannot do, can I tell you something? You know what those people are doing? Those keep people are trying to keep you where you are so they don't have to address where they are. Are you with me with that? A lot of people that are at a certain level don't want you to go to the next level because if you do, it means they'll have to look and see what they're doing. They have to look and address their life. And people do that. A lot of us have a basis of fear and a foundation of fear, yet we don't realize that God has a specific plan, not generic. It's not, oh yeah, God, he knows, he wants to. It is a specific plan for your life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, say this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and depend not on your what? On your own understanding. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. If you seek his will, he will show you which path to take. God will guide you. How do I know that? It's because of the third point. Because I know that God can be trusted. God can be trusted. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this or not, but this is a really cool thing. In Isaiah chapter, chapter 41, and I, think, I don't know if we have that scripture there or not, but it says this. It says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be afraid for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. And then it says this, I will strengthen you and I will help you. And the last part I love, I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I want you to see that. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. The right hand of God is seen as something that is compassionate with strength and with mercy. And he delivers us and he reaches down and he picks us out. There's another scripture that talks about how God reaches out with his right hand and gets down and reaches us up for us. He gets us out of that pit with his mighty hand. We don't have to fear. But this is the cool part that you may have never known. Because in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, it says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those that believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand. He seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That's what it says. It says that he seated him right there beside him at his right hand, the place of compassion, the, the place of empathy, the place that gives you your strength and power, the place that says that you don't have to fear. Jesus sits there. It's Jesus that comes down and gets you. It's Jesus that walks with you. It's his Holy Spirit that walks within you. That's what it is. We don't have to fear. God can be trusted. There was a plane that was having major problems. They were having major turbulence. And it was all over the place. I mean, the plane was all over the place. And people started to freak out. Even the stewardesses, they went and they clicked in. Everybody was kind of buckled up. And there was one kid. There was one kid that kept walking around. He kept crawling around, walking around. He had a little truck and he was playing with his little truck and all that stuff. And the stewardesses kept looking, going, you know, but they couldn't get up because the plane was all turbulence and all this kind of stuff. And they go, they said, hey, you, you, need, you need to get in your and the kid kept playing and kept playing, kept playing. You need to get in your seat. You can't. Kid kept playing and kept playing, kept playing. And finally, one of the passengers said, Kid, would you get up? 
what's your problem? And he said, what do you mean what's my problem? What's your problem? I'm, I'm playing. Don't you know that this plane is all kinds of turbulence going on and that we may crash? He said, where's your parents at? He said, my dad's the pilot. Oh. And the man went to his seat and sat down and didn't worry anymore. Can I tell you guys something? God is the pilot. You don't have to worry. You don't have to have fear of what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't. You don't. You don't have to have fear of what's going to happen tomorrow. There's a, I walked out this week to, to water my grass, and I walked out, and there was a doggone bird that attacked me. Have you guys ever been attacked by a bird? You ever been attacked by a bird? You guys are thinking about what it looks like, me and my PJs walking out getting attacked by a bird, aren't you? I know, it was kind of funny. So I walked out, and I walked out, and the bird goes, and I, I mean, it was close. I was like, get away. And I went, I walked around, and I come back right in front of the garage. It attacked me again. I was like, oh, it's on. So I got the BB gun. Clock, clock, cocked it 10 times. You know what that means, fellas. It's on, all right? I was getting ready to put my own eye out. What's going to happen? But I had that doggone BB gun sitting there, and I was like, I'm going to shoot that joker. It's going to go land in a tree, and I'm going to shoot it now. I don't, I don't mean no harm. But God said I had dominion, and me and the Red Rider, we've got dominion, all right? And as I looked, I looked beside me on the garage. And you know what was sitting there on the garage, on the wall? There was a moth. That bird wasn't after me. He was after the moth. He was wanting to eat. And so I went back around the house and watched. He was gone. Why do I say that? Well, there's because of Scripture in, in, in Matthew that says, hey, listen, don't worry about stuff. If God can feed the birds of the air, surely he'll take care of you. Surely he'll take care of you. And immediately when I saw that, that scripture came to mind. And I was like, I don't have to worry about things. I don't have to fear things. I don't have to be that kind of person. Now, here's the caveat. There's one caveat, all right? There's one caveat here I want you to listen. Students, I want you to listen to this. It says, but remember, study this book. Meditate on this book. Obey this book. Be careful to obey the instructions of this book. Do not, do not deviate from this book. If you will study this book, you meditate on this book, obey this book. If you are careful to obey the instructions of this book, then be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. If I had one thing to say to the students today, here's what it would be. Take chances. And every parent who's had his graduate says, don't take chances, don't take chances. Take chances. Don't forget, study this book. Go on mission trips. Trust God when he says that he'll take care of you. Don't let anyone put yourself in a box. Don't let anybody do that. Don't let anybody put you in a box. 
Be who God told you to be. You know, there's a scripture that says, train up a child in the way you should go, and when they're old, they will not depart. Train up a child in the way you should go. Here's what it doesn't say. Train up a child in the way that you think that they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart. Train up a child in the way they should go. Do you know what that means? It means God wants us to make sure that they know the word of God so that they will find the way they should go. That's what it means. That's what it means. We need to allow our students, we need to allow ourselves to live a life without fear. Living a life that's foundational is fear is a life of anger, frustration, depression, anxiety, and on and on and on. And until you address that, there's no pill that will help you. There's not. There's not. You can operate on your plan or you can operate on God's plan. But he has a plan. And it's specific. Just for you and just for me. Does that mean that your life is always going to go great? No, it does not. Hey, listen. I've had many things happen to me that I didn't think were fair. I've had many things that have happened to me that I didn't think were justified. I, I was at church serving when a tornado blew through my home. Why would that happen to me? That's not fair. That's not fair. I've had this and that. That's not fair. That's not fair. My life, all I've ever known is this. Whether I understand God or not, in the end, He's always had my good. And I know I can trust Him. And I know this too. I know you can trust Him too. Live a life of peace. Not a life of frustration and fear. And for God's sakes, teach your kid to be adventurous and to take a chance or two and to step into the fullness of what God has for them. Not maybe the little section that some of their friends or some of their family members have for them. I don't know about you guys, but I want what God has for me. You know, it's funny. There's a lot of people, and we only see this right, right here. We see this right now. We see the people that are here right now. And we see we're meeting in a cafeteria, and we've got this backdrop. And I have no idea. I have no idea what God's going to do with this church. All right? All I know is you sit a bunch of crazy people to lead it. You know what I'm saying? That's a, fun, that's a joke. You guys can laugh. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's like, I know, bro, for real. Um, all I know is, is that I trust him. And if we're, whatever we're doing next year, I trust him. And the year after, I trust him. And the year after, I trust him. And the year after, I trust him. I like it when it's in God's hands and not my own. Parents, place these children in God's hands and trust him. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful for who you are. I'm thankful for the fact that you would love us enough to trust us to raise children, to grow children, and Lord, to, to help direct them. Lord, we are a bunch of screw-ups, but you're not. And so if we will focus on you, God, we will see great things that happen. Not always positive. Life has its ups and downs, God, and we know that. But Lord, we don't want to live on a foundation of fear. We don't want to live on a foundation where 
it, we're, we're always fearful. And we want to live on a foundation that allows, allows for, for us to take some chances. God, we want to be the kid on the plane playing in the aisle with the truck instead of worrying about the turbulence at peace, knowing his dad is the pilot. God, we want you to be our pilot. We want you to be the ones that, 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 that is in charge of us. So God, as we, uh, as we learn, and we have to learn it, as we learn to trust you, let us be people that are not fearful. And God, let us be people that will give you the honor and glory and praise as you work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and you'll find our contact information under the contact tab. We would like to have you join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at East Coweta High in Sharpsburg. Until next time, God bless you and take care.